0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So this is the second part in a series, as our text is for Thessalonians chapter 3. It was mid-afternoon in or May 12, 2008, in central China, and all hell broke loose. An earthquake hit with the magnitude of 8.0 on the Richter scale. Concrete panels, crumbled steel. Crushed tiled, buried tens of thousands of people. Rescue workers reported that they heard people screaming. And there was helplessness and ongoing screaming. I want you to keep this image in your mind as we progress through the sermon this evening. Let's look at the context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. In chapter 2, The Apostle describes his relationship with the Thessalonians like a nursing mother taking care of her own children and like a father with his children. He even writes, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our own selves because you have become very dear to us. There we go. Paul is no armchair theologian. Paul doesn't sit in an ivory tower. Paul is anything but aloof and distant. Paul dearly loves these people. And Then the earthquake. Paul and his companions are run out of town, Luke tells us in Acts chapter 17. Some of the Jews were jealous. And so they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar they cried out, These men have turned the world upside down and have also come here. Paul had to run for his life under cover of night. And then there were the aftershocks. Even though Paul escaped, the Thessalonians fell stuck under the concrete panels, the crumbled steel, and the crushed tile. And Paul goes ahead and writes about it. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from news. nope, back up, please. Who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. Yes, they were hopeless and an ongoing screaming. I hear the screaming. And I think you do too. We all know people who are buried, especially this time of year. Yes, December. It often brings unsettling earthquakes, holiday stress, Christmas blues, and the massive debt. It's no wonder. The months presented a dizzy array of demands, shopping, baking, cleaning, traveling, entertaining. And then there's the party with dreaded Uncle Ralph. Need I say more? For many people, The holidays are a painful reminder of what once was. This may be especially true if you've lost a loved one, there's been a divorce. What does Paul do for those he loved and who are suffering, who felt as though They are screaming in pain and loss. Paul prays for them. So we can pray like Paul. Pray for people to grow in faith. Let's read this Bible passage together. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Sometimes we think that, you know, prayer is like that heavenly slot machine. We go ahead and put our prayers in and we pull the lever, (laughs) and maybe we get lucky. Or maybe it's that rabbit's foot. Or that four-leaf clover. At times people may think, you know, it just might bring me some luck. And then there's those prayers. Well, they're like going to the dentist's office. you got to do what you got to do. But that's not Paul. He earnestly prays day and night. In fact, in Thessalonians 5, 5.17, the apostle even writes... Pray continuously. Pray without ceasing. And look at the content of Paul's prayer to supply what is lacking in your faith. That term supply appears in the New Testament context where fishermen are mending their nets. Paul knows that the Thessalonians have faith, they have their nets. But Paul also knows this they're lacking and their nets need mending. You know that feeling. When your net has a hole in it, life seems futile. Why try? Why get up in the morning? Why keep on fishing? I'm just going to lose everything again today, just like yesterday. You see, our nets need mending. Faith needs tending. That means strengthening. Look at Paul's prayer more closely. He prays that he is is the answer to the prayer. Paul wants to mend their nets. Of course. Paul is anything but aloof and distant. Paul loves these people dearly. So pray for people to abound in love. Let's read this passage together. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. So, what do you call it when you put on the pounds and you don't put on the muscle? Like when Pastor John Key at Thanksgiving eats more than his share of the stuffing and cleans up the leftovers you got it fat the point is is that if we don't increase in love we will get spiritually fat we increase in knowledge without love increasing our love we gain fat brains exercise that faith Paul. Or put that spiritual knowledge to work. And that's what Paul prays for. For that they would increase in their love. That it would overflow and abound. Because too often it's too easy to go ahead and be navel gazers. To focus on ourselves. Then when our world collapses we just become so self-absorbed. And being self-absorbed never works. Let me repeat that again. Self-absorption never works so we pray for people to begin again to live outside of themselves to serve to assist, to help for love to increase and overflow you know there's some days we don't, I'm going to add this there's some days we don't feel like it do we sometimes we feel like the wounded healer The one that needs help. But then we're the one that are pitching in, right? Pray. Pray for people to become secure in hope. Let's read this passage together. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be able to be blameless and holy in the presence of our God. And that, Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones, what do people need most when they're going through those tough times they need to see the big picture they need to see God's plan and what he has planned you see our Lord is coming again our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again with his holy ones as Paul writes it was five days after that massive earthquake in 2008 and a group of rescue workers found the dead body of a woman and she was kneeling, her back hunched over supporting a crumbling ceiling and her arms stretched forward, her hands in the muddy earth. The rescue workers started walking away and then one of them understood what she was doing He ran back and reached underneath the woman's body. And there, under the shelter of her body, was her baby. She was a protective shield for that child. He was about three months old, alive, unhurt, and sleeping soundly. And in the wrappings of the baby and the in the blanket, there was a cell phone, and it had this message typed onto it. Dear child, remember, I love you. Matthew 27:54 says that the day that Jesus died, there was another massive earthquake, but this one was from hell, literally. Talk about being buried and trapped There was also hopelessness and ongoing screaming. Jesus knows all of that and so much more. Listen closely. His death means life for you. His protective shield means that you're safe. His message for you is exactly this. My dear child, remember, I love you. We pray for others to become secure in this hope, the hope of the crucified and living Christ, that he will come again and restore everything that we've lost. This is the promise of 1 Thessalonians. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. All the years of your pain will be erased. Every tear of disappointment will be wiped away. And the symphonies that we've missed, and the sunsets that we did not see, Beautifully played over and over again. The believing spouse that was snatched by disease will run to your arms. The health that eluded you in the winter of your life will return a thousandfold. Family and friends who have died in the faith will sit next to you, singing. In the heavenly choir forever. How do you help people who are crushed by the holiday stress, whether they are suffering from loss or depression, or hanging on by a thread whose silent screams are ongoing and endless? We pray we pray like Paul amen you may remain seated now the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus amen so for next week if you'd go ahead and read first Thessalonians chapter 4 13 through 18 and answer actually they're not really three questions two questions and one discussion the first one, three times in these verses, Paul says that the people who died in the Lord are asleep. Think about it. What does this mean? Two, it is important to note that rapture is described in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, that it happens at the same time as Christ's second return, that is, his second coming. Other Christians believe that rapture, We'll follow a seven-year tribulation, which is followed by Christ's thousand-year reign on earth. Discuss the difference, or discuss the different understandings of the rapture. Slide three. Yes, how are Paul's words encouraging to you? And hopefully the Bible study that we had right after Thanksgiving will help you with number two. So we continue with the service then, with the offering on page 5, and the hymn.